Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Hahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. And then Jesus came with them into the place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, Said ye here while I go and pray yonder. <clears throat> and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Now listen to this, even unto death. Tear ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, farther, however you want to say it, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cameth unto his disciples, and he findeth them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time, and he prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them sleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, and the same words. And when cometh he to his disciples, he said unto them, Sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, now listen to this. The hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Then I want to jump over to a couple more verses in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, and verses 43 and 44. And, it, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. And his sweat, listen to this, was as were great drops of blood falling to the ground. 
Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, God, this morning that we have our Bibles, Lord, before us today. We're so thankful, God, for your word and its power, Lord, and the strength, God, that's in it today. We're so thankful, Lord, for the divine authority of your word this morning, God. We realize, Lord, that no man can preach your word unless he be anointed and the Holy Spirit help him. And Lord, we need that help today, God. We need your touch, Lord. For this passage of Scripture, Lord, is too great for me to try to preach it today. So I pray, God, you'll help us, strengthen us for just a little while. And may the cares and the worries of this life be gotten, God. And may we focus, Lord, on what Jesus went through for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to read one more verse. You don't have to go to it. In John's Gospel, chapter 18, it says this. It said, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook of Cretan, where was a garden, and to the which he entered and his disciples. The brook of Cretan. Cedron, I think that's how they pronounce it. That's what I wanted to look at this morning. I thought about that. <clears throat> Let me open up with this. I don't know how many messages are being preached today about the suffering that Jesus went through in the garden. <clears throat> But as I look at this time of year, it's, it's the time of year we celebrate the death of Christ and the resurrection. But their garden is also important. It's important that we, we put that in there because of what Jesus suffered without physically being touched. Amen? So let's look at that this morning. You pray for me. God will help me. <clears throat> the Mount of Olives, Gethsemane. To the east of Jerusalem, there is a small mountain called the Mount of Olives. It is about 300 feet higher than the city of Jerusalem. And on that mountain, there is beautiful limestone laid by the hand of God. And on that mountain, at the bottom of it, there is a garden called Gethsemane. And in that garden, there are beautiful shrubs and olive trees. Gethsemane means oil press, because that's where they press the olives to get the oil out of them. This was a quiet place away from the city, and Jesus went there often to pray and and be with his disciples and to teach them basically privately and they would uh, be far away from the crowds and all the people that followed them 
And in this reading this morning, this was a different night. And the last night and the last trip Jesus would make to the garden to pray. Do you see he was in the, in the city, in the upper room with his disciples having the last supper. And at the last and at that supper, Jesus told his disciples his coming death uh, and that he would be betrayed of him who was Judas and that he would be delivered over into the hands of sinners. And Jesus left the upper room and he headed out of the city of Jerusalem and he went down the hill to the, and, and was heading to the Mount of Olives and into the gar and in that garden to pray and his disciples went with him. And the reason I read about this brook, Cedron, Jesus was up there in the upper room with his disciples. We're going to do communion next week. But he come down out of Jerusalem and out of the upper room and he walked down the side of the hill and that brook it's a little stream that he had to cross and the scholars say that in the temple where they sacrificed the animals huh, which is a lot of sacrifices and they said uh that the blood from those sacrifices would run down the hill, huh? And drain into that little brook. And you know the rocks in that little brook? This is just my thinking. Huh? Were stained with blood. And when the sacrifices were given, they said that 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 brook was crimson red with the blood of the animals. I tell you, when I learned this, it touched my heart. You see, because the divine Son of God, when Jesus stepped over that brook, he knew that soon his blood would be flowing through. Something's happening and something's going on. Huh? Something's about to take place. Amen. It's a sobering message. It's not a shouting message. But it's the true message. Amen. Hey, back over here. And said, and cometh, and Jesus, then cometh Jesus with his, and to the place called Gethsemane, with his disciples. And he told them there, set ye here, while I go and pray. And another thought come to my head, and I was listening to this. The preacher, another preacher had brought out some things, and I thought it was pretty good. And he was talking about. He said, do you remember when Jesus was doing all the miracles? Huh? He was healing the blind. Uh, 
He was causing the end to see, the death to hear, the lame to walk. Huh? All the sickness and all the diseases, Jesus was healing people. Huh? And touching their lives physically. And the reason was to prove that he was the son of God. That's why God gave him the power. And they followed Jesus wherever he went. There was crowds and multitudes of people. That's why he went to Gethsemane in the garden to get away from them. Huh? And he mostly done it at night <laughs> when everybody was away. But where are they now? Where's the crowd now? Huh? Now he's down to 11 disciples. Judas has already betrayed him and went to the, to the chief priest huh? to tell him where he's at. Now he's down to 11. And he brings those 11 with him. And it said here, and he took with him Peter, James, and John. Don't say it in this. It says another verse. And he began to be, feel very sorrowful and very heavy. So he told the other eight, he said, stay here while I go on yonder and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. Now, Peter, James, and John was like a trinity to Jesus. He was, they was the ones, listen my friend, that was going to be in charge of the future church. Huh? You remember, he took Peter, James, and John, and they went out on that mountain of transfiguration. Huh? And Jesus changed, huh? He bodily changed on that mountain. And, the, and those three seen it. Huh? And they, and they seen Moses and Elijah also. See, Jesus wanted them to see that. This is going to help them. Huh? They were seeing the God side of Jesus. That was beyond humanity. Now he wants them to come and pray with him. Huh? Now it's time to come and pray. Pray with me. And sit here. And then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Carry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed, Oh my Father, if it were possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And then he cometh to his disciples and findeth them asleep. And he said unto Peter, Could not thou watch for one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I want to tell you something. Jesus went on a little farther than Peter, James, and John. And he fell down on his face before God. Listen, 
He's laying in the ground. And his face is buried in the dirt. Huh? And he's praying earnestly to God about this cup. And we're going to get into that cup here in just a minute. Huh? He's praying, huh, that this cup would pass from him. You know, and I've thought about this too. Think about this for just a minute. Huh? When the soldiers came and got him, his face was matted with blood. And dirt. Because he sweat great drops of blood. Huh? You see, and then he went back and the disciples were asleep. And I want to tell you something. They had no idea what Jesus was about to go through. They had no idea. But he tells them that you need to pray. You need to be ready. Huh? Because listen. Huh? In the future... You're going to be the future church. Huh? And the enemy and the devil is going to do all he can to destroy you. He's going to throw temptations and trials uh, and tests your way. So be prayed up. I want to tell you something, church. We as God's people better be prayed up. Because we don't know what's coming in the future. It gets worse every day in America. If you watch the news and you listen, they're trying to shut Christianity up. Huh? They're all right with Islam. Huh? They don't have no problem with it. Matter of fact, they don't say anything about that. In Islam, huh? They'll kill any homosexual that they catch, huh? Performing homosexuality. But they don't say nothing. To them. Right. I don't know why it's going to get on in this. But they do against the Christian. Right. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because Christianity changes lives. Right. And, when, and when, when people's lives are changed, huh, then the government has no power over them. And the government wants power over the people. That's exactly what's taking place today. And he went a little further and he prayed three times. Uh, let this cup pass from me. Uh, and over here, in verse 43 in Luke, and there appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him. Let me follow my notes. I got so much in here, I, I think I'll lose track if I don't get it. <clears throat> Jesus knew his hour had come when he would be the human sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He was going to be the atonement to bring man back to God in a right relationship with God that was lost in the Garden of Eden. Jesus was in great sorrow. Jesus was in great anguish. Anguish means severe mental suffering to the extremely, to, to be extremely uh, distressed about something. Agony 
Agony points out the utmost anguish and grief of the soul. Jesus knew that what laid ahead for him, he was emotionally and spiritually distressed. He knowing that he would suffer an intense physical pain and be put through lying trials. He would be punched, spit upon, kicked, and whipped on stripes uh, by the whip with one stripe of his life. And he knew he'd be in excruciating pain and all this physical stuff was going to happen to him. And now the, the suffering that he's going through is mental and emotional and distressful. The sins of the whole world were laid on Jesus that night. The sin, my friend, of all the ages. Now, I want to tell you something. How this was, the way I see it, we'll never know what Jesus went through. But the scripture said that I read that he was suffering under so much stress and agony huh, that his, his pores of his skin had dilated. Huh? They had become bigger and opened up. Huh? And the blood that was in his body and in his veins that was running through had seeped out. Huh? And that's why he said he, 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 his sweat was great drops of blood. The stress he was under. No man has ever been in this position before. But our Christ. For you and I. You're right. Huh? And listen to me. Huh? Now some people might not believe it. Huh? But I believe it. He was in so much stress. And he was going through so much pain. Huh? That he was going to die. That's what he said. He said exceedingly unto death. I'm going to die. Listen. I'm going to die. If I don't get any relief. Because humanly possible. My body can't take it. I want to tell you something this morning. Huh? Christ was just as human as you and I. Yes, Don't ever forget that. Huh? I think the churches and I think Christians believe huh, that Jesus wasn't human. Huh? That he was above it. But I'll tell you something. We see the humanity in these verses. Right. Huh? He was half man and God sent an angel to strengthen him and help him. If he didn't need it, the angel would have never came. Huh? And the angel came in the garden and strengthened him and helped him. Huh? And brought him back. Huh? I want to tell you something. I thought about this when I was studying it. God's plan was not for Jesus to die in the garden. God's plan for Jesus' death was on the cross. Hallelujah! Huh? There's a, uh, 
like Matthew Henry said, he said, I'll tell you what, he said, I believe, huh? He said, it's of my opinion, huh, that the prelude to Calvary, huh, was in the garden when Jesus fell on his face and sweat drank drops of blood. I want to tell you something, church, this morning, this was the first shedding of Jesus' blood. Under the stress, huh? For you and I, I'll get in the cup in just a minute. Amen? One preacher said that the garden was the vestibule to Calvary. <laughs> Amen? He said, he said the victory, listen, was one in the garden. <laughs> because that's where Jesus surrendered it all. But the price was paid at Calvary. Amen. Amen. At Calvary. What was in this cup? Huh? Now listen, huh? The cup was a metaphor of speech. It was not a physically cup like the one I drink out of with the water in it. It was a metaphor, huh, for pain and suffering and anguish and death. Huh? Yes, sir. I'll get into that a little bit later. Huh? That's what the cup was about. Huh? So Jesus, huh, was dreading, huh, to drink from that cup. What was in the cup? That he did not want to partake of any of it. Huh? Was it the devil? Huh? Was it Satan? Huh? No, it wasn't Satan. He already defeated him in the wilderness. Yes, huh? It wasn't the Praise devil. God. Hallelujah. It wasn't the devil. No. <laughs> was it all the physical pain? That he knew he would suffer. How he knew he was going to die. Huh? On the cross. How they was going to treat him. Was it the physical suffering? No. Because he knew he'd rise in three days. Right. <laughs> huh? It wasn't the physical. Huh? Was it his disciples? Huh? And the people that, that turned their back on him? And walked away. Remember Peter denied him. Three times. He told Peter he would. Was it that? No. It wasn't that. I'll tell you what it was. He was going to bear the sins. Right. Of the whole world. Yes sir. Man. This is what broke him down. Huh? This is what caused him. Huh? You break down mentally and physically huh? and emotionally. Yes. Huh? And fall to the ground saying, God, may there be another way. I don't want to face this way. I want to tell you something. Jesus didn't want to take this route. Right. I don't care what people say. My last scripture tells us this morning that he said if there was another way. I don't want to do it, God. It's too great for me. Right. But what did he say? Nevertheless, not my will. Right. 
Let thine be done. Praise God. God. Right. He did it anyway. Praise you, yes, sir. Amen. What was in that cup? Let's take a look here this morning. Praise God. The cup of agony and also that God would turn his back on him. Right. Amen. What was in the cup? I'll tell you the first thing in there was the pollution of sin. Listen to me. All the sins of all the ages. From Adam to the end of time, Jesus was going to take them all upon himself. Think of all the horrible sins we have heard about and all the sins we see, huh? And, and, and uh, those sins that we know about that are happening right now. Jesus took them all on himself to save the world. Past and future sins were all on him. Jesus knew what sin was about. Huh? He's seen angels turn into devils. Huh? He's seen men turn into beasts because of sin. Huh? And guilt and the unhappiness and the hatred, etc. And all the evil that sin brings. Huh? And in Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 21, it said he made him sin for us. So you see this morning, I want you to grasp this. Huh? Just get a hold of this for a minute, church. All the sin. Let's just think of your sins this morning, personally, what you did. Just you and I. Huh? I think of my sins and what I've done. Huh? Right. Huh? In my life. Now you just think of them. And Jesus took my sins, huh? And put them on him. And then he took your sins, huh? And he put them on himself. Now listen, my friend, huh? Not only just us, but the sins of the whole world were laid on him. Listen, no wonder, no wonder he was bleeding through the skin. Yes. Think of all the horrible things that are going on. Huh? Think of the things that are already passed. What Hitler done to the Jews, huh? All the slaughter of, of what he done. All the wars down through the ages that slaughtered people, huh? Think about it. All the all these stinking child molesters and these children that are being molested. God took Christ took that on him. I'm not talking about some sin. I'm talking about every sin. That's right. And laid them on him. Listen to me. Huh? You know what that meant? You know what that meant? He was guilty of them all. That's exactly what that meant. Because the scripture said he took on our sins. When he took them on. Huh? I want to tell you something. Let me back up for just a minute. There's a penalty for sins. Huh? There's the penalty for sin. And that's the wrath of God. There's no getting around it. There's no way out of it. It's going to happen. Right. Huh? God hates sin. Huh? Right. And he's going to pour his wrath out on it. Huh? 
So he took those sins, your sins and my sins and the world's sins, and put them on him. Huh? And you're guilty, Jesus, of the sins of the whole world. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to grasp. But it's true. Huh? Because God accepted it. Huh? That's why he didn't want to drink that. Huh? I want to tell you something. I've done some things, man, that I didn't want to do, huh? I committed sins that I didn't want to commit. And if I had a choice, I would try to reverse it, huh? And, and try to redo things. But you can't redo nothing. That's already been done. Huh? So Jesus had all that guilt from our sins, all that, that bondage from our sins, all that sorrow from our sins, and all that evil huh, from our sins, Jesus laid it on him. Huh? He laid it on him. So that was the pollution of it. Pollution stinks. Pollution smells. Pollution is not good. So he took all the filth sin on him. Amen. And then the second thing that was in that cup was the punishment of sin. All the punishment of sin would be put on Jesus Christ. Think of that for just a minute. You see that in that cup was the pollution of sin. So Jesus was going to be guilty of those sins. And now it's going to be, he's going to pay the price for the suffering of all these sins. He bore it all for you and I. He, God hates sin. I just said this. And God hates sin, and sin has the wrath of God on it. So when Jesus took on the punishment for sin, he took on the wrath of God for sin. Jesus took our hell that was due to us to take it upon himself. Jesus suffered an eternity of hell on the cross. You can look these up, Romans. I might read them later. Jesus drank of the cup of sin so that we may drink of the cup of redemption. Yes, sir. Praise God. I want to tell you something. Huh? This was the next step. Huh? Not only was he guilty of all the sins of mankind that he took on him, he was also going to pay the price for those sins. Huh? The, what, the punishment and the wrath of God he was going to pay the price for them, which in the end is hell. Huh? The scripture said that he tasted death for you and I. What is death? Huh? I'll tell you what it is. Huh? It is hell and separation from God. Yes. Huh? And we 
I was talking to a guy one time. I didn't even know him. Only met him one time. Before I met him, I talked to him on the phone. I tell you what was going on. I've been frustrated with this job down through the years. It's been times I, not many, but a few times I was going to go to other places. And uh, there was another opportunity. And I met up with this guy. It was another locating company. And uh, where I met him, he was talking on the phone. He was talking about some things, about the jobs, you know. I told him what I, do, I could do and what my experience was and all this. Somehow Christianity came up, huh? And he was a Christian. And I was a Christian. He was a Christian. Huh? And somehow, I don't know how it got up, but it was something about this subject that Jesus went to hell for you and I. Huh? He said, I don't believe that. I don't believe Jesus went to hell and suffered the death and the punishment of hell for you and I, for us. I said, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. All you got to do is read it. Huh? So Jesus took it on. He took the hell. Listen. That you and I deserve. He took it upon himself. Thank God. I want to tell you, through this, <laughs> through this message, huh, we ought to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. Amen. Amen. For what he's done for us. That's right. Amen. So those were the awful things that were in that cup. Amen. All the sins of the world and all the punishment for sins. Amen. And then I thought about this part of it too. There was something else in there. The consumption of the cup. It was the divine, the divine love. Jesus had for you and me was in that cup. Jesus said, no man take my life from me, but I lay it down by myself. If there could be have been another way to redeem man, Jesus said to God, Lord, will you have it done? But if there is not, so you will, so your will will be done. Go ahead and may your will be done, God. I'll, I'll pay the price. Jesus had a choice. And he did. He did, people. He had a choice. He could have chose not to go through this, but he loved us so much That's right. to keep us out of hell. And to burn forever, for eternity. He surrendered his will to God. In the first garden, Adam said, My will be done. And in the last garden, Jesus said, Thy will be done. <laughs> Jesus, when Jesus, I believe this, when Jesus surrendered his will to God, God put all the sins of the whole world on him.
all the pollution and all the punishment of sin. Jesus paid it all. He took it all for us. Right. Uh, listen to me, church. The cross has not come yet. We're still in the garden. Huh? We're still in the garden. We're still seeing the suffering of Christ when he went to hell. Huh? Next week, we're going to preach about the cross and the, and the physical pain that he went through. But I want you to see this. Huh? Because when we see things like this, huh? then we realize the love of God for us. Huh? We realize that there's there's been a price paid for our sins. Yes, huh? And now we have an opportunity huh, to accept Jesus as our personal Savior. Right. Huh? You see, man never had a choice before. Huh? Till Jesus purchased the choice on Calvary. Right. Huh? Amen. Praise God. You see, the world's so lost today. They have no idea what I'm preaching about this morning. Huh? If you're in this church this morning, you got a privilege to hear the message of God. I tell you, take heed. For you know not the day or the hour huh, when you'll pass away. And when you pass away, there's no, there's, your choice is gone. Huh? There's no other choice. It's, you're done. I know there's churches preaching another choice and another time and another place. Huh? But I said, Jesus said, when it's finished, it's over with. Amen. It's gone. Huh? Men's made a lot of money selling books on prophecies, selling books on things that that you know give people hope and. Give them, give them something to kind of hold on down the road. huh? But I tell you what, we're not living down the road. We're living in this spot right now. We're living in this day. Huh? You better prepare for this day for eternity. Amen. Jesus, I'm just about done here. Jesus wrestled for you and me in the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> me and you ought to wrestle with him in this life for him. Yes. Amen. Wrestle the devil and all this against us. Praise God. Amen. Two things in the garden come to mind as we look at this. One is to hate sin. And the second thing, one to love Jesus. Amen. More than anything else. Praise God. Hallelujah. I I was wanting to read these, some of these. Let me just give me, bear with me for just a minute. I want to give you some of the scriptures 
Okay, I looked it up. Now Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, verses uh, 4 and 6. It says, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken and smited of God, smitten of God, and afflicted. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone in his own way. And the Lord, listen to this, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. And in 10b, that's the second part of this. Well, let me just go ahead and read it all. I said, and yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put, on, put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for our sins. Amen. Romans, go over here to Romans. Romans 8, last part of that verse 32, it says, <clears throat> well, let, me, let me read it all, 32. It said, He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall we not with Him also freely give us all things? Let me go down to second. I read Second Corinthians. Let's go to Titus here real quick. <clears throat> Find Titus. And this is in Titus 2. The 14th verse. <clears throat> Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and to purify unto himself a peculiar people, zeal of good works. Hebrews. Hebrews 5, 7 through 9. They said, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears to him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the thing by the things which he suffered <clears throat> find out. And, and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation to all of them that obey him amen and then let me go over to 9 14 It says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal Spirit, offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Amen. And then in second and first Peter 2 and 24, this is the last one. <clears throat> Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Huh? You see, people, and I'm done. I'm going to just say this and I'm done. 
fall in the garden. God had a plan before the foundations of the world. Who is God? Huh? God knows everything. God is everywhere. God sees everything. God knows everything. Huh? But this plan, this suffering in the garden, God had planned this before the foundations of the world. Huh? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful huh, to be in the family of God this Amen. morning. To know a little bit about this. Huh? I want to tell you, and I know you that are saved know it, this is the best life. There ain't no other life than the Christian life. Right. You'll never find this out in the world. You'll never find it in sex, drugs, alcohol, you name it. You'll never find it out there in the world because it's not in the world. Right. And it's not of the world. Right. It's of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the thoughts of awesome. Amen. Courtney, if you would, come on up and place a song. And I'd like for everybody to stand this morning. <clears throat> Just play lightly if you would. Praise God. Help us, Lord. <clears throat> I want to tell you about this cup that Jesus drank. Where did that originate from? That saying. What did that saying, where did it come from, and what was behind it? <clears throat> In Bible times, um, <clears throat> when prisoners committed crimes that were that death penalty is what was required of their crimes okay and <clears throat> for their execution one of the ways of death was <clears throat> they had to drink poison in front of the executioner in front of the rulers of that day and the crowd that watched. Poison was in that cup. Like I told you, that cup represented death. And the story goes that today come that the executioner, the prison, the head of prison, he brought these men out. I don't know how many it was, maybe a dozen of them. And he lined them up. And they faced the crowd. And you know what it kind of reminds me of? The cowboy movies we used to watch. You remember that? Remember when they built the, the gallows and the hanging racks? And the crowds would be out there, you know? Uh, watching and waiting. They couldn't, this was some kind of entertainment. It was kind of sick, but it was entertainment to them. Huh? I'll tell you, maybe we go back to that today. There'd be a lot less crimes. Huh? But anyways, that's kind of the setting that it was. I want you to get this this morning. 
Huh? And those men, they come up there and they lined up huh, side by side. Huh? They knew what was coming. They knew that today they were going to die. Huh? They never had no choice. Huh? Their dues was due. Huh? And they lined up there. And I'm telling you the truth, I believe this. Some of them had family members out in the crowd. Huh? Maybe a wife. Maybe a wife and children. Maybe a mom and dad. Huh? And they were standing there. I'm sure they were tied up. And they looked out at the crowd. Seen their relations. Seen their loved ones. Can you imagine what was going through their mind? What they were thinking? The dread of drinking that poison and dying and never living again. That's awful sobering. Huh? And here come the cup barrier. Huh? He come out of the, of the building there and he had this tray. Huh? And there were 12 cups on the tray for 12 men. Huh? Pay the price for their crimes. And he come along there and he passed out each cup to each man. And one at a time. And they held that cup. said that there was a man in the crowd he walked up to the booth where the executioner was the one that gave the order for them to drink he walked up to that booth and the executioner bent his ear down like this and the man spoke something to his ear. And he nodded his head, meaning okay. This man, walked up to those men standing there with that cup. And there was one in the crowd that he knew And he told that man, give me your cup. Come on out in the crowd where your family is. I'm going to take your place today. I'm going to drink of the poison that you deserve. I'm going to take on the hell uh, and the separation of God that you deserve. I want to tell you something, who the man in the crowd was. That was Christ. And I want to tell you what, you and I were standing there, huh? When he was going to drink the poison, but Christ stepped in and took our place. Hallelujah. Can you see that this morning? 
and took the cup right. that was due for you and I. Yes. Amen. You can't find this anywhere else, people, but in God's Word. This is the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're not saved this morning, and if you don't know Christ, huh, you're still under the day of grace. We're still here, people. God has put this world on extended time. And I know preaching ain't going to scare me to the altar. I'm not trying to scare you to the altar. I'm just preaching the truth to you this morning. Huh? You and I was the man huh, that was going to die. But Jesus took our place. Praise God. Help us, Lord, this morning. Anyone in one of them to come to the altar and pray? Just kneel down here. Huh? The church would be glad to pray for you. Amen. I want to tell you something huh, about the altar. Huh? And about coming up publicly. Huh? Jesus done everything that he did. He done it publicly. Huh? Make a commitment to God. I want to tell you something. Not the physical clothes on your back this morning. Huh? But the spiritual clothes that you're wearing today. If you come up here, huh? And kneel down, huh? And pray and, and confess your sins. You don't have to confess your sins to the church. Huh? We can't do anything about them. Huh? Tell God that you believe in Him. You believe in His Son. Huh? You believe in Christ. And you believe that He died for me and suffered the death for me. Huh? And I believe it. I want to tell you something. You can take off that old garment of sin and put on a new robe of righteousness and walk out that door and you'll never be the same again. Amen. I want to tell you something, my friend. There ain't nothing that can fill the heart like Jesus Christ. Right. Huh? I tell you, I work with guys, huh? I tell you, uh, they're partiers. Huh? They like to drink. They like to have fun. Huh? They like to get out and do all those things. Huh? But I tell you what, when it's over with, they're empty. Yes, sir. Huh? I tell you, I get, listen, and this is me personally. Huh? I tell you what. God will come along when I'm in the house or He might come along at work or wherever I'm at huh, and I'll feel His presence. And I'm going to tell you, I get a shot of the Spirit. And there's nothing that can compare to it. Nothing can compare to this. <laughs> every head bowed, every eye closed. Where are you at today? Are you saved or are you lost? There's no in-between, people. There's no in-between. Give you a moment to think about that. If you like praying, come forward. Praise God forever.